Are you a sexy, indulgent musician suffering from consistent long hours, crippling self-doubt, and constant disappointment? Well, do we have a show for you. Welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment, a bi-weekly deep dive into what it takes to be a healthy and successful musician in the modern industry. My name is Melody Kaiser. And I'm Dustin Williams. And we are both full-time musicians and creative entrepreneurs. And today we are talking about why we got into music and decided to make it our careers. For better or for worse. Yeah. I mean, so you, it's true. You always hear everybody, you know, tells you growing up, like, you need to have a backup plan because this industry is really hard to get into. And, you know, we're here to say that they were absolutely fucking right. (laughs) And, and, you know, for sure. Yeah. There's, there's truth to that. Um, I mean, we are making a living doing what we do, doing what we love, um, getting to play music. and, And that is in all seriousness, uh, something to be really, um, you know, proud of and happy about. And, and I, I do feel lucky. Um, but you know, it's, it's definitely got a lot of uphill battles. It's kind of just like a constant uphill battle. So it, it can be rough for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I don't think that we're like, you know, any different than most other, other creative fields. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think like visual art is the same thing. Graphic design is a lot of times the same thing, unless you work for like a corporation. Sure. Kind of anything where you're like, you know, self-employed is going to be really hard because you are the whole business. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Self-motivation and, and drive and organization skills. And yeah, which is they, that does not come easy for a lot of creatives for sure. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I think that both of us would be probably considered like type A creatives because we're pretty good at like self-managing our time. And, Mm. you know, a lot of musicians are not. I'll just be the first to go out and say that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, and I'm not perfect. Like I definitely, I I screw up sometimes uh, with that time management and, and, um, you know, procrastination and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess I would agree. I mean, I, I definitely live by the calendar now and, uh, you know, am a lot more structured than one might think for like a professional musician. Yeah, for sure. You definitely are. I think that's why a lot of people like rely on you um, as like a session musician and just like a performance musician, just because you are good at that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, that's, yeah, because like there's a lot of other really great bass players out there that are way better than me. But I think a lot of it is is definitely just like dependability and consistency, yeah. you know, which I, I try to be good at that. And I I think you're also really good at that, too, though, for sure. Even though you're not doing like session work on the regular like I do, I, I still right. think that's a skill you you have. But like you said, it kind of goes back to the maybe the type A thing. I mean, I think in a lot of ways I'm I'm more... Like, I, I feel like I'm a laid back person, but I mean, you know, I think there's a difference between being type A and being laid back. Though. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you are cool to hang out with. But when I think of like, <laughs> when I think of like type A, you know, I just think of somebody that's, you know, self-motivated, self-driven, mm. organized, you know, kind of a go getter for them, for themselves and for others. I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so I would definitely say that we're both of those and a lot of musicians aren't. Um, but I mean, we're definitely lucky to be able to pursue music as a job. Um, oh, yeah, and to sure. not have to sit in a cubicle all day, um, waiting for retirement. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, we basically just wanted to talk today about like kind of just our stories. We realized that we hadn't done really like an introduction or an introductory video introduction i like that That's i know a new, nice cool word introduction thank, thank you <laughs> no, I, yeah yeah so um yeah we've had a couple people actually that that some listeners say hey you guys never really like introduced yourselves or like talked about what you do so you know i guess it's maybe a way of like i don't know i i, I would say trying to show credibility but i don't know if i have that so <laughs> I mean, I think you do. It's it's all in perspective, right? Yeah, everything's in. Yeah, for sure. For like, sure. can we compete with Jonesy's jukebox? Probably not, because no. that's pretty cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, I mean, if you guys are enjoying it, we're definitely enjoying making them. So, um, so Dustin, you go first since you're older and wiser. Oh, 
Emphasis nice. on Thanks. older. Cool. I'm just kidding. Thanks. <laughs> so, so kind of <laughs> what was your story about, um, you know, so why why did you discover music or what led you into music? Did you grow up in a musical family? Mm. Anything like that? Yeah. Um, so we weren't. Uh, yeah. Okay. So it's musical family for sure in the sense that um, my my dad played uh, piano as I was growing up. There's a lot of piano playing going on in the house. Um, my mom was a, a touring singer for a while. Um, she sang with a group called the Serendipity Singers in the 60s, I believe, the 60s and 70s. Um, I guess it would have to be maybe early 70s. I don't know. I'd have to ask her right. to clarify. But anyway, um, and uh, she's done like off-Broadway stuff and... um. So, yeah, very musical. Um, I do have to say, though, just as a side note, Kathleen mm-hmm. has also done every other job you can ever imagine. Yeah, she's she's a very well-rounded person. Um, she literally, you could be like, man, I love Pez. She'd be like, you know, I worked for Pez <laughs> I for wouldn't be eight surprised. years. <laughs> right, yeah. No, she's, she's a hardworking lady for sure, yeah. and I admire her. Love you, Mom. I'm sure you're listening. <laughs> um, so, anyway, um, yeah, and my... Uh, like my sister um, took piano lessons from our neighbor when I, when we were kids and um, did some uh, like she did chorus uh, in in high school maybe middle school too so definitely musical um, but nobody was like I guess either currently making a living or like considered trying to make a living doing it um, so my kind of like intro into it was just like playing on the family piano, you know, just like hearing a, a theme song from a TV show or a movie and sitting down at the piano and just trying to, to plunk it out because it was just fun. Right. Um, and then a couple of years later, um, and I think it was like fourth grade, um, we could start doing like a band class, which apparently not all schools did. Some schools only started that in middle school, but we started early. Um, and I think it was flute that was my starting instrument or clarinet it was one it was i did both and um i did not like it (laughs) you were a flautist well i tried to be but i was no good um and you know i wasn't taking like private lessons and it's not like you know in band class they don't like take students aside individually and and train all of them there's just no time for that so especially at that age well, you were um, also nine, so... Exactly, right, I'm yeah. sure that you were fine. You just felt <laughs> like you were bad. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I had no, like, training. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I did that for, like, at least a year, I guess, through fourth grade, and then decided at the end that it wasn't for me. Um, and, and I think I remember my band teacher telling my mom like at the end of the year like you know yeah i just don't know if this is if music is like really for him <gasps> and i know well it's hilarious in, in many ways um what a jerk well i don't know he was probably just like an underpaid elementary school band teacher who was just like yeah i mean because the thing is like i wasn't i i knew that i couldn't play the proper part so i would just mime playing like i would just like press the keys down and like you know look like i was playing but i mean he's He's a professional. Like, I'm sure he took one look and was like, this kid isn't playing right now. Yeah, because you're supposed to be holding a whole note. And you're sitting there like... Yeah, exactly. 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 <laughs> he's like, wow, he's either like taking a huge solo or he's not, not playing, playing at, all. at all. Yeah. And it was the latter. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So I took a, a break from music for um, for a long time. Um, but, you know, over the years growing up, like there was always music playing in the household. A lot of Beatles, a lot of um, like Elton John and and stuff like that. And then, uh, come seventh grade, so I was like 13 years old, um, and I had some friends, two brothers, um, Rico and Robert uh, Catalino, that were um, in a band. They they had uh, formed this band, I think, I guess that year, maybe before that, and they already had a bass player and everything. Um, and so I just became friends with them, just as people. And then I went over to their house one time and realized they were like musicians, and they do this whole thing. And so I, they had a, like a little crappy keyboard there. So I would like sit down and jam with them. I'm sure I wasn't playing anything 
good and you definitely couldn't hear it because it was like keyboard speakers over like a drum set and a guitar so like well you were like 13 so <laughs> yeah again like i had no training didn't know what i was doing i was just i just i showed the interest and i was like oh, okay this is actually kind of cool um but at that time i started listening to a lot of like music and and really like listening to it so getting into you know led zeppelin sign the family stone um, cause that was stuff that my dad really liked. And was um, it more so like old stuff? Cause at that point you're, so if you're 13, 13 it would be mm -hmm. like, you know, like that would be the time of like the strokes and probably stuff like that. Yeah. Were you into that yet? Or did that come a little later? That, that stuff came way later. Okay. Me, actually. So, so you were um, a classic rock kid. I was a classic rock kid through and through for sure. I okay. just, I love that stuff. Um, I think just cause my parents listened to it. So I, I heard that a lot. Um, right. You know, so, uh, but anyway, I just realized, I guess, over time that I was really, um, interested in the bass. Like I'm right. You're just kind of gravitate, gravitated towards whatever the bass was doing. Um, and so I was like, okay, I, I think I want to try this. Went to my parents, uh, convinced them somehow to get me a bass. So they got me that Ibanez starter pack. I think I mentioned it in the guitar, buying your guitar episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I got the Ibanez starter pack and and um, just kind of like went head first and and really just fell in love. It came with um, this DVD with uh, Gerald Veasley. He's a like jazz fusion bass player, and um, it was like him doing the instructional video and it was talking through like tuning and then um, you know different techniques. Like he would do some slap stuff and then you know, rock, all kinds of stuff. And, and, um, so I basically like for about, I guess it was like six months or so. Cause I got the bass in like March or something of like, uh, my seventh grade year. So I spent the whole summer, um, learning the bass and, and like, I didn't have a teacher or anything. And back then YouTube lessons were not a thing. So it was mostly just like trial and error and guessing and like watching videos of like, like concert DVDs of people playing and trying to figure out what they're doing. Um, and I had a lot of friends that played. So I, the, the fact that I chose the bass too, I think immediately kind of opened me up to being able to play with a bunch of people because everyone needs a bass player. And that's still, that's still the thing today, you know? For sure. Um, so right from the beginning I was playing in like three or four bands at a time and, and none of them were like really serious but we were just kids getting together jamming but it gave me the opportunity to play all the time um and so from that summer th from seventh grade to eighth grade i was just like practicing playing jamming all the time um starting to learn how to play uh by ear from records because i was already kind of good at that from being a kid right with the piano thing so i just really learned by ear um i don't know when i got introduced to tab but there was a website called uh, basemasta.net, and it was a base dot tab. .net. Yeah, .net. When those Web websites, one. yeah, exactly. When those websites are still around, <laughs> um, and it was yeah, it was a tab website for bass. So you could find tabs that other people created, like Ultimate Guitar is now, but way less accurate, and um, you know, kind of hard to read. So it's yeah. a lot of ear training. It's funny that you say that. it's funny that you say that because I remember like when I first started playing guitar, um, I was nine, so it would have been two thousand seven, mm -hmm. and um, like obviously, like the internet was definitely a thing. But our family, we were way behind the the technology curve. Yeah, okay. it was. Yeah, we still had dial up. Nice. Yeah. So like I every dial up. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. I'm the every, old one. Remember. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Every time we, I would go, you know, on the computer, which was pretty rare because it just took forever and I hated it unless mm -hmm. it was like playing a game or something. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to figure out Minesweeper or something. Mm -hmm. Just random oh God, clicking. Classic. Yeah. Um, solitaire. So, right. Spider solitaire sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But anyway, so every time, you know, I would go to look up anything, it would be like, and it'd be like, get off the computer. I need to use the phone. So, yep, yep. Um, but uh, Ultimate Guitar was a thing by the time. Yeah. By the time you were Yeah. Learning. Okay. Yeah. So, but it was, well, a little bit later actually is when we, when I kind of discovered that. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, I totally remember like YouTube was definitely not a thing. That probably wasn't a like a widespread thing until several years later. Yeah, it was 2005 when I think technically when YouTube started, I think. Yeah, but right? nobody was but on nobody YouTube. was on it. No, yeah. it was like, I don't even know that Google owned it at first. They did not. Yeah. yeah. No, so it was like, its own thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like not like it is now. No. Yeah, not at all. Sure. So, um, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about there. Yeah. yeah. But, <clears throat> I mean, my story is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, please. I, um, I grew up in a super musical family. So, like, on my mom's side of the family in particular... Like, my great-grandfather was in a gospel quartet. Wow. Yeah. And so, Dang. yeah, they like... Great-grandfather, you said? Yeah. So this would be like early 20th century or late... Yeah, he late... was born in 1916. Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah. So it would have been like, he probably started releasing albums in the 40s. Nice. And released them until probably the 60s. Nice, okay. So we have early like... Days. Yeah, we have like tons of boxes of vinyl albums with just like gospel, like quartet presses. And that's pretty cool. It is really cool. I mean, just the fact that he was in it that early was pretty yeah. cool. And he was, you know, still pretty much independent. As far as I know, he may have had like some church or something back then. But yeah, yeah, he didn't have much labels back then. No, yeah. I mean, not like what they became. Right. Um, so, yeah, so he was, you know, that was always a big thing. And he really got my mom into music. Like, it was kind of almost like a requirement. You had to do something musical. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so my mom played piano and she took lessons from when she was like really little. Mm -hmm. um, just to, and it was all gospel music. It was like, that was the thing. Yeah, right. Um, and in our family, obviously, we were from Georgia. Um, so in the deep south, that's kind of kind of a requirement especially back then right. you know yeah. like so um yeah so she took piano lessons i'm pretty sure that her sisters also had to do something um because i know they were in band and took lessons and stuff too so mm. it was just like a family thing like you had yeah. to do it like yeah for sure you know <clears throat> some people have uh restaurants passed down or oil fields and others musicianship <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so my mom was in bands and stuff when she was a kid um or when she was a teenager when she was early 20s um and you know they did like so a little bit of touring and stuff but it was it was more so like they were like a corporate band okay kind of thing okay. yeah so they did covers and stuff um but then you know whatever so by the time um i came around music was not really a requirement like it was i think for them like we weren't i never took like piano lessons as a little kid or mm -hmm. anything like that but it was definitely like prevalent and highly um, encouraged yeah because my great-grandfather was still alive when my brother was growing up he died the year i was born but when my brother was growing up he really got him into like violin oh, even okay. before like orchestra in school was a thing mm -hmm. um and so he was really good at like bluegrass violin oh the fiddle yeah okay yeah yeah so um you know, that was kind of more his thing. And he struggled. It's funny because when he got into orchestra, you know, it's a classical setting and he yep. had been like a self-taught bluegrass fiddle player. So like totally different. totally different. And, you know, he would always, you know, get upset. He'd be like, they said I can't like slide into notes and like, that's the whole point <laughs> you know, or whatever. So um, that's kind of funny. Um, but you know, my sister sang and we, we did a lot of, um, my mom, when I was really little was a music minister at a church. Um, so it was always there. And I think I said this in another video, but I never really felt like I was like good at music hmm. growing up. Cause mm -hmm. like when we would do like chorus in school, like I never got picked to do like the solos or like right. yeah, anything like that. that so like, before, yeah. yeah, but I was also like, I know I said this in another video. I was also like really quirky at that point. And so I think it was more just like, she can't sit still long enough to okay. like, you know, yeah, like, yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I was just kind of a goober, like in our, um, in like our chorus home videos, I'm always like, trying to make my mom and family laugh instead of actually singing <laughs> like what I was supposed to be doing. Like nice. I was performing for the camera yeah, more than sure. I was like actually participating in chorus. Yeah. So I'm sure that was a big part of it. Probably, yeah. Probably so, upset your teacher a little bit, yeah, but you know, <laughs> so, you know, but anyway, so it, I never felt like I was really good at it. And I tried like a bunch of instruments, mandolin, 
was the big one that I really tried to get into. Um, and I still remember stuff from, from that. Um, but it just never like bluegrass just wasn't really like what I was passionate about and mandolin. That's kind of the thing, Mm -hmm. you know, and I love bluegrass. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's incredible. But when you're nine, like bluegrass really isn't like the cool thing to learn. Um, so (laughs) I mean, not for me, maybe for some nine year olds, you know, where you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, it was, I was not there. And so I got really into, um, you know, my family's CD collection. And, um, I really got into kiss for a second when I was like eight or nine, I was just like, wow, they're so cool. And like, these songs are like, I understand what the words that they're saying mean. (laughs) Like it wasn't like, you know, Led Zeppelin, like, no, not at all. It was like, you pulled the trigger on my love gun. I was like, oh yeah, I know what a love gun is. I had no idea. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they're talking yeah. about guns. That's so cool. Right. <laughs> it's just like spinal tap. It kind of life. is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, I really got into Kiss. And so I saw like Ace Fraley played like a Les Paul and all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, I asked for one for my birthday that year. And um, my brother got me one for my ninth birthday. Oh, wow. We went to Guitar Center and... It was between a Squire Stratocaster and the Epiphone Les Paul 100. Of course, it always is. And so I, yeah, I literally was like, well, it gotta be like Ace Frehley. So Mm -hmm. I obviously chose the Epiphone Les Paul 100. And, you know, I just was like immediately like really into it. And I think a big part of it was I liked the attention of being good at it and what Mm -hmm. that brought. Okay. You know what I mean? Like at first, like, you know, when you're a kid, everything's like, everything's about you as a kid. Yeah, for sure. That's (laughs) a survival instinct. So like, honestly, like I felt seen for the first time. Mm. Like I could like go to my grandparents' house and be like, look at this song that I learned. And they'd be like, wow, that's amazing. And I'm just like, like, they liked it. So like that was a big driver, to be honest with you at first. Typical guitar player. I know. It was all, (laughs) it's all about me. (laughs) Pay attention to me. (laughs) So, but yeah, literally. And so, um, you know, I was just like immediately into it and like nobody ever had to tell me to practice because I just like loved it. Yeah. Same. And, um, you know, I loved like playing so and around this uh, a couple years later but kind of around the same time that i was learning guitar guitar hero became a thing right and that was really cool because i was just like oh my gosh like you know um i can play the real songs of the these songs but it also like that was a great tool i think for people in that generation to like learn about all kinds of different bands and music and you actually were forced to listen to the whole song because you had to beat it. Yeah. So you couldn't right. just like skip over it. You know what I mean? So that was really cool. So I ended up like trying to learn a bunch of those songs on real guitar. Right. And that was hugely beneficial. Yeah. Because it was like all over the gamut of oh, like co- yeah, music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So that's kind of like my early story. And then, I mean, I got better pretty quickly i was pretty bad at first like looking back at videos but i got better pretty quickly just because i worked at it like every day i can relate to that you know um so yeah it wasn't like i just like immediately picked it up and was like you know oh i'm so like a virtuoso or a prodigy or somebody nobody does that yeah Yeah. for sure yeah so i you know i i did what most people that are good at things do i like worked hard and practiced and Mm -hmm. You know, but I also, like I said, I really enjoyed it. So it wasn't like hard, hard work. Um, so that was, that was like nine to like what, like 13 or so? Probably. That age range. Yeah. So what happened once you started hitting um, like high school and like, you know, cause that's, that's definitely a totally different experience as far as like life experiences. How, how did that like time period develop? So. I started playing in bars. My dad got my brother and I a gig in a bar when I was 12. Is that your first show? Yeah. Nice. Well, my first like bar show. I mean, okay. Which yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it was basically my first your show. Your first show that's not like school related or church related, I guess right. is what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that was really cool. I learned a lot from it. 
it was super low pressure because it was one of those places that's like they allowed smoking and mm-hmm. like it was just kind of rough. The people there were usually so trash. They didn't really care if we like, <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? They'd totally. just be like, play Bob Shager, you know, <laughs> and right. we'd be like, yeah. okay. So, <laughs> you know, it was fun though. Um, and then pretty soon after that, my family, um, we decided we wanted to like all try to like play together and play out places and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. then we had like a family band. And that started, that started when I was in high school, like ninth grade. Okay. Um, so when I was in middle school, I did like talent shows and stuff. And, mm. um, you know, that was again, like an attention thing. It was cool to be like, no, cause I definitely was not a popular kid in school. Yeah. Like I was a super nerd. Oh yeah. And funny, I'm going to throw my sister under the bus in eighth grade. My sister who was in high school, took a cosmetology class Mm -hmm. and like her first week was like, Oh, I learned how to like do a haircut. Like, will you let me cut your hair? Mm -hmm. And I said, yeah. And it was like the worst, it was the worst haircut you could possibly imagine. I mean, it was like, it looked like Lord Farquaad. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, I'm traumatized by it. But also like my mom like if I was a mother, right, of uh-huh. a person in eighth grade, of a kid in eighth grade and their hair looked like that, I would mm-hmm. have been like, okay, well, let's go get it like pixie cut yep. by like a professional We're or go something. Stylize it now. Yeah, they didn't. Uh-huh. I just like, I just like rocked. I didn't rock it. It was really bad. You, you were forced to carry the burden. <laughs> I was forced to carry the burden. It literally, like, looking back at pictures, oh, people God. are like, wow. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) I look like a Dutch boy or something. Like, it's so bad. It's so bad. That's right. And so, like, you know, I definitely was not popular. I was definitely (laughs) not the kid that anybody was like hanging out with. Let's invite her to the party. (laughs) Not at all. That breaks my heart. Sorry. No, it's okay. But, like, you know, music was like the one thing. Like, even though I was that person, I did get like most talented as the superlative. There you go. So, like, you know, Mm -hmm. um, but that yearbook picture has the hair. So please never look in that yearbook to anybody that's what, listening what, to this. this was what to middle school. Nine, it was eighth okay, grade. Eighth grade, right. Yeah. Okay. Never, never just never open that page, please. Never. <laughs> I, I need to see this. It's pretty bad. <laughs> so um, I think my friend Carly from, from that time has that yearbook because I saw it recently and I was just like, oh, my God, <laughs> like, we've, we've all had a bad haircut for sure. Yeah. But anyway, this may so, be the topper, but, you know. it was, I think it pretty much could top anybody's really? honestly, oh, gosh. like other than just it. having like a patch shaved or uh-huh. something like, I don't know that it could get much worse than oh, this God. to be honest. Okay. Like it was the high bangs. Like she was trying to get them even and she just kept cutting up. Oh, <laughs> so no. they were like up here and then it just like was like. All one week. Oh, God. Yeah, up to my ears. Anyway, yeah. um, Thanks, Scarlett. So (laughs) so literally, um, yeah, that was my middle school experience. And then so when I got to high school, you know, I was doing the music thing with my family. um, And that was kind of my main focus. Uh, I started playing. We got a drummer that I went to high school with um, and that at that point in time and you know, it was cool. Nice. Um, yeah. so my high school experience was like very much like school during the week, bar gigs on the weekends. Okay. That was what we always did. And you also were in band or like jazz band and a bunch of other stuff too, right? Yeah. So you were, well, I wasn't in like marching band. That was, that was my time that would have gone to that went to like band. band. Well, yeah. Like, like, but you were in like play, symphonic music. band. Yeah. 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 And I was in jazz in band. jazz band. Right. Yeah. 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 So you kept yourself busy with the music. I did for sure. Um, but mostly out of school mm-hmm. music. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and it was funny cause like one of the, it was one of those things where like I knew a lot of the people I went to high school with's parents from bar gigs. That's hilarious. <laughs> so That's I would really be like, funny. you know, Hey Maddie, how's your mom feeling on Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> you talking shit i saw your mom get a hangover <laughs> right yeah but no i mean it was cool so i mean what was your um so i guess high school that was when you knew rico and all of them well well i met them in middle school so that was when okay. i first started really getting into bass and and so you know i played the bass for a couple years really 
kind of um, <clears throat> just kind of figured it out as I went along. And then high school came along and um, I was in a band with Rico and, and um, Robert and the, uh, um, a couple other kids. And um, we started playing shows and we did, we recorded an EP at a like local studio that was all instrumental because we didn't have a singer for a while. Um, so then we did get a singer. This band was called Meadowwood, by the way. You can still find the stuff somewhere, probably on a MySpace page if it still exists. Um, MySpace classic um so uh played with them and then got into high school and they offered um guitar class um which was really cool we had this uh teacher i don't remember her name um but she was a really really cool lady very sweet she's probably she was like probably in her 60s at the time so she was kind of this like hippie lady that played guitar and just was like i want to teach guitar at high school and uh, she she actually left the year that uh, or the next year. But anyway, so um, I was able to take guitar class uh, first semester and second semester of freshman year of high school. So I got a lot more comfortable with guitar because I didn't really play any. Um, it was just all bass. Um, so I learned more about chords and and just kind of like guitar playing, um, which helped me with my bass playing. It really helped with my like pick style playing on the bass. Um, and then one day when I was in guitar class, uh, I got there early and I put on an Iron Maiden record um, on this like CD player that was in there and I was just playing along to it, practicing. It was like in the middle of the lunch hour, so I had some time. This is another thing I did, by the way. I always brought my bass to school with me. Like like three days out of the week, I would have my bass with me, just on my back. Like anytime I had the chance to play, I would play. So And I got made fun of for being the person that was attention seeking. <laughs> no, see, the thing is like... <laughs> I mean, sure, right? Yeah, but... You're I mean, just like, ask me about my bass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Except I chose bass, which is like not like a forefront <laughs> instrument. I, like, I already and chose I, to be the guy in the back. You're going to get all uh, the girls oh, with yeah, a bass. For sure. She's going to be they like, oh my it. gosh, can you play Wonderwall? You're like, no, but I can play this one note. <laughs> <laughs> I can play this G real good. <laughs> um, no, so... Uh, I was playing Iron Maiden, blah, blah, blah. The, the band director happened to be walking by, probably to, I think, go talk to the chorus director or something. And he heard me playing, and he came in. He's like, ah, oh, bass player. Um, he was, it, was, it was almost like he like came in and was like, have you heard of Jazz Kid? Basically, because he was like... Uh, well, Did he have a trench coat I know, like, it almost, it almost like, <laughs> that's what you'd expect, right? It's like, this guy had to be wearing like a He walked coat. in, and it's like, ba-boom, boom, boom. So... Uh, he was like, well, you know, the jazz band, we need a bass player. So if you're interested, um, you should come and, and sit in and try it out. Um, and I wanted to do anything music. So of course I said, yes. Um, so I got involved in the jazz band, which was every second semester of every year. I did that all four years of high school. Um, and I also ended up taking the chorus in 10th grade or no, sorry. I took a music theory class in 10th grade. Um, cause we offered that too. Um, but it was, was with, with the chorus director. So then 11th grade, 12th grade, I did chorus. In addition to that, I also did, um, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like the pit orchestra. Sorry. Couldn't think of the, the Yeah. For like thing. plays and stuff. Yeah. So we had, uh, junior year we did, uh, Greece and senior year we did my fair lady. Totally different things. Yeah. Really interesting. Cause Greece was like rock and roll. So I got to play like rock and roll 50s, 60s bass. Yeah. And then. My Fair Lady was like upright bass parts on an electric bass. So right. totally different. Um, but really cool experience. Yeah. I played bass in a in a pit thing in high school too. Did you? I did. Really? Yeah. That's was, awesome. I was way over my head. It, I'm, I'm was, sure you did fine. What did you play? I mean, it I don't know that I did fine. So the <clears throat> the play was How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. Oh yeah, I've heard of it. Or something Never like that. Seen it, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the name of it. And it was jazz. Nice. And they, it was one of those things we didn't actually like rehearse or anything. It was mm -hmm. just like, I showed up to one rehearsal before the first show Oh God! and I was like sight reading bass clef, which I played saxophone and guitar. Oh, so like, I didn't know bass clef yeah. and they're just like, everybody around me, everybody else was like, not a student. They were like, they were like professional. Yeah, yeah. They were like, I remember the drummer had like gone to Berkeley and he like, was part of the marching band mm -hmm. drum instructor line and like the piano player was like 
a 60 year old piano teacher and like it's just me and everybody's like all right one two three four and i'm just like i'm pretty sure it was awful but like of a high school to be like oh well the least important instrument is the bass so we could just get one of our students to do it she plays she's pretty good here i had no idea but i mean i i'm sure you i really tried but like but anyway that was my pit experience no well that's funny um yeah, because we yeah we both kind of went through that. Um, so that kind of opened me to the world of potentially like oh maybe like getting into doing like orchestra stuff for Broadway it would be really fun. Um, decided later it wasn't really my bag because um, sight reading, I'm not like I can do it. I'm just not like super good at it. Um, the Broadway thing's also really hardcore. Oh for sure, yeah. I mean they're it's really just intense. yeah. Like, you it's... can't. You got to be fucking great. Yeah. You got to be on your shit. And yeah. I just, I don't think I was prepared for that kind of, like, I didn't want that kind of musical career. Like, I, I right. want to be, I'm, you know, I'm obviously a, nowadays a pretty prepared person, but at the time I was like, I'm, I'm going to play rock. Like, I'm going to be in a rock band and I'm going to yeah. like be famous and, you know, it's going to be like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Broadway is definitely the opposite of that from, from people I've talked about that have done it. It's mm-hmm. like the, it's like the desk job of music <laughs> damn it anyone who does broadway is listening like fuck you <laughs> no i mean and i don't mean that in a bad way i'm just saying like it's no, it's high sure. it's like a high stress almost like corporate world it is it is like yeah. it's like you know if you're not early you're late if yeah. you're not perfect you are you lose the job get the fuck out yeah, like it's like sure. you know very very high stress yeah so uh, needless to say i didn't want that um but yeah, I played in a lot of bands um, in high school and did like talent shows, kind of like you did. Um, and uh, like we had this thing called Guitar Fest. Um, and your it was, high school sounds awesome. It was pretty dope, I have to say. Like they 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 were pretty good with the arts. Um, Dang. So they just like we had good teachers. I think was a big part of it. Who really fought for like more inclusion of the arts. Um, so like guitar fest was like, you know, basically it was just like an hour and a half, two hour long thing where guitar players would go up and just like shred and like somebody would be picked a winner and won like first, second and third place. Oh my gosh. That would have been so much fun. I would have eaten that up. Yeah. You would have loved it. Um, no, it was awesome. Head cutting, like battle of like guitar battle. Yeah, for sure. It's exactly what it is. And (laughs) so cool. Um, so, and for what was cool for me is I was the only bass player who would do it. Because we had a few bass players in our high school, but I was the only one who was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to compete against guitar players. And the first year I did it, which I think was either 10th grade or 11th grade, uh, I think it was 10th grade, um, I got like third place, which wasn't too bad. I mean, considering I was going to get some like really good shredders. And uh, 11th grade, I actually got first place among all the guitar players so um, uh, which is like hilarious because it's just like a high school like competition it's not like it had this huge impact but at the same time it was like i think what it did is it gave me a lot of confidence right and you know knowing oh okay like this might be a thing that i could do because like i didn't i don't think i really considered music like truly as a career until i was about halfway through high school Really? And what did you want to do before that? I didn't know. I mean, I loved music and I like, I mean, yeah, I, I thought maybe I could be in a rock band and like do that. But I think what I mean is like, so 11th grade, between 11th grade and, and, and 12th grade, I did this music camp. I've told you about it before. I won't go into a whole bunch of details, but really quick, it was just like a scholarship opportunity. You had to um, write an essay and all this other stuff. I don't even think they did like musical audition section because it it was a a music business camp primarily so they were just bringing kids to like different music capitals of the country for like two weeks and you would do these like um you'd go to these panels where they a professional audio engineer or an a and r or entertainment lawyer would talk about their job and you could ask questions and learn about the industry there was a musical side to it there was like a jam room where everyone could play anyone who was into that which most of us were there's like two or three kids who weren't really players but everybody else was right um, and you know, naturally I played in like a few bands for the performance thing. Cause I just love playing. So I play with a whole bunch of people, but, um, the final night, um, or no, sorry, the, the final couple of days we had a project where we had to pick a career that we were interested in and do like a presentation on it. Um, so I chose session musician cause I just thought it sounded kind of interesting and I was learning about it and I was like, oh man, this actually sounds like, like a lot of fun, you know? 
playing all the time, doing what you love. And um, so uh, the final day we had the performance and I did a, a solo performance um, in addition to playing with a few bands. And this guy came up to me, this guy, Billy Dawson, still friends with him today. Um, and he asked if I would be interested in playing in his band. And at the time he was probably like in his mid to late twenties. So like 27 and I was 17, hadn't even graduated yet. And he was like offering me like a job to be a professional musician. So right. I was just like, holy shit. And at the same time this was happening, like I started getting um, a few calls from um, this guy, Paul Gaspero, rest in peace, um, who owned a studio in Atlanta and recorded uh, Meadowood's, some of Meadowood's stuff. And he started needing a session player to do stuff. So I was doing uh, gigs in Nashville and then I was doing session work in Atlanta. And this was, you know, around 17, 16, That's 17, amazing. 18. I mean, yeah. And, and, you know, it's not like I was doing anything big, right? I was definitely, it was just all local stuff and it was all like low key, but um, it was amazing opportunities and it was really like opening my eyes to like a real career option. So that kind of sparked my drive, I guess, to be like, okay, I think music is going to be my career and this is what I really want to do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the later years, I guess, or, or not the later years, like the middle years of like getting into doing music in the way that I am now. What about you? Like what made you decide like, okay, this is what I'm actually going to do. I was like really young. Really? It was pretty much like 10. Wow. Yeah. But did you even have a concept of like, uh, like making a living at that time? <laughs> no. Well, okay. I had so, no idea. Yeah. Okay. So I guess what I mean is like maybe when, when it was like, okay, this, I can make money doing this. I can make it, I can have a job doing this and I can like commit my life to this. Does that make sense? I mean, I don't even know if I've still gotten to that point. <laughs> I'm like personally offended every time I get a bill. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? Do they not know who I am? <laughs> Kaiser <Yeah>. Permanente. <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But I mean, not really. <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, you know, that never, I've always been able to kind of get by. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I figured I would always get by. I honestly always had really high expectations for myself too, okay. which which is good and bad because it almost goes back to the mental health thing. Yeah, because I does. I really struggle with like, you know, comparing myself to others and stuff like that, and I always have. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I just never really gave myself the option of like not doing, not making it. Like not making a living at it, mm -hmm. I never even considered that. I mean, I can relate because I'm I'm the same. But that's interesting you say that because, like you said at the beginning, the whole backup plan thing everyone always talks about. Like, yeah, that was never really a thing for me. Was it not for you either? Like people tried to tell me to do it, but I was like, nah. No, no I mean, <sighs> okay. So I was always like really like a try hard in school. Okay. Um. So like really hardcore like if you talk to some of my friends like super nerd right okay so, so you always had like all a's few b's kind of deal oh i never had a b oh shit yeah okay yeah yeah like high a's like in middle school i was like i'll show you a picture you're gonna laugh like i i was like top of everything academically in high school i was like third in my class of like 800 something people wow like I was always a super nerd. Mm -hmm. So like backup plan, I was like, eh, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I was just like, yeah. and you know, I'm still in school. So like the potential for a backup plan, I guess, is there. But I've never seriously been like, because, okay, so here's my personality type too. Like if I commit to something, I have to commit 100%. Totally. So like yeah. if I chose to do a backup plan, I wouldn't do music anymore. Not, mm -hmm. not like to the level I'm doing it. I would probably right. still play, but I think it would be really hard for me, at least for a long time to, to like play out and like still pursue it and know that I'm not going to be able to achieve the level of success that I have. That I, you envision. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really hard for me, I think. So yeah, if I, I ever really do can. choose like a backup plan, that's going to be like, I'm going to be the best at that and music won't be 
the the main thing. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, but uh, that's still an admirable trait in the sense that like you you say, okay, well, if music's not going to be the thing I'm the best at, then I will be the best at this or the best at that. That's interesting. I mean, I guess it's an admirable trait. If you talk to a lot of people, like a lot of musicians, their kind of perspective, though, is often, and I think you'll know what I'm talking about. It's like, well, if I didn't have music, like I couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, that's almost like a bad thing to say. Like, no, yeah. I could not do music. You know, they're like, well, what do you mean you could not do music like that? Yeah. Are you truly an artist? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But my thing is like, I definitely could not do music. I don't want to ever be in that case. But I don't know that for me, I could do music as just like a hobby. I think it would have to be like all or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah. I know what you mean. And and I think, you know, it's a hard... Yeah. Because I guess, I don't know, I feel that way too... I don't agree with the people that, that, you know, look down on other musicians for, for having that, you know, mentality of, of like being open to a backup plan or open right. to a different option. I think that's dumb, but I, I, I also definitely like, I, I feel like I've committed myself to this so much that like there really is nothing else like, right. that would satisfy me. Right. Like I love cooking. Like I love cooking that's like probably my next biggest thing in the world besides music in some ways sometimes it's more but i don't think it would satisfy like if i went into like professional you know chef world i don't think i think it would be first of all really fucking hard right uh to break into that at you know after doing music for so long but i don't think it would fulfill me the same way i don't think there's anything in the world that has done that yet so Right. Maybe maybe there is something out there, but I'm not sure there is. Me. I mean, I do think there's kind of this paradox, especially now, like we've talked about it, just with the internet and kind of the content creator side of music, mm. where musicians, a lot of times, at least independent musicians, at I would say the majority, right? Because there's always the case where somebody's going to be like, well, what about blah, blah, blah. But I would say the majority of musicians <clears throat> rarely get to focus on actually creating music. Yeah. As like the main thing. Definitely, definitely. Because you're definitely you're you're obsessed with everything else that goes into it. The marketing, the business, booking shows, doing this, making posters. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so you kind of get lost in the creating music part. But I find <clears throat> every time I go back to that, I realize that is why I'm doing it. Like writing songs uh-huh. or, or just playing shows. Yeah. Like it, it brings out like a part of me that doing not like nothing, nothing else, else really does. does. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for it's sure. like, you know, and I hate that for most people until you get to a certain point or until you strike luck. Cause I do think luck is a big part of I, I mean, luck big is success. A big part of being alive. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, I think that it's, it's a shame that, a lot of people or a lot of really talented artists don't get to focus just on that. Yeah. Agreed. That I think that is a big part of where people lose sight of the love for it. Yeah. It's yeah, like just yeah. the business side and the mm-hmm. the content side and the, you know, the public persona side of it. I mean, that that part is really hard. And I think that yeah. that unfortunately is a lot of it for most people. Yeah, I think so. So what, uh, I mean, you kind of said it already, but maybe, you know, dive a little more into it. Like what keeps you doing it despite all of the bullshit, despite the, the disappointments as the podcast name <laughs> would say? Yeah. I mean, I think a big part of it is I'm an extremely stubborn person. Hmm. Yeah. And like, I don't like, um, it's really hard for me to even wrap my head around failing Hmm. and i know that not doing music wouldn't be a failure like i realize that yeah but to me it would feel that way yeah you know um so i think that's a big part of it um but also like it's the little moments you know what i mean it's like 
Yeah, at this point after the pandemic, especially during the pandemic, the moments are fewer than they were before Mm. of like feeling that, you know, oh, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. But you know what I mean? Because the pandemic just fucked everything up. Let's just be honest. Like, sure did. You, you, I personally like had moments almost daily for a while of like, why did I choose this? Yeah. Like, what, what was I thinking? Same, like such a such a you know unnecessary job choice you know what i mean like (laughs) unnecessary i mean it's true true. i know i couldn't think of a better way to say it but i think people will know what i'm saying yeah i know like we weren't you know the the workers that had a purpose necessarily. I mean, I yeah, do realize sure. that we had a purpose, but yeah. it was easy to lose sight of that mm-hmm. in the day to day, like sure. in day to day, daily life, like to get up and say like, well, could do something today, but I also don't have to. And honestly, like, I don't know that anybody would care. Yeah. You know, and right. I, I kept doing stuff and you did too, you know, like right. creating videos and I did that interview series mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff just to like, keep in touch with some part of it but as far as like the intimate like I woke up every day as like a person experiencing Mm -hmm. that like I definitely had moments where I was just like what did I do like what have I done yeah for sure you know Mm -hmm. and so that's still residually there now I mean it has gotten better let's just Mm -hmm. be from the pandemic I mean it's gotten better but it's almost like in some ways, this is going to sound dramatic, but I don't know how else to say it. It's like the damage has already kind of been done in that way. Yeah. Like now I see like, oh, like even like, okay, so let's just say this is kind of stupid, but let's just say if there was a war that broke out, right? Mm-hmm. Like we went to war with Russia or something. Yeah. It would be the same thing again. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It would be like nobody's going to go out and listen to music if we're in like world war three <laughs> yeah, or like, for sure. you, you know, or a global pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And so you realize like in those moments, like in the blink of an eye, um, you know, it can all kind of go away. Yeah. And so that's a yeah. really hard reality of choosing, I think a creative field. Mm-hmm. Um, it just has to be something that you're just passionate about in some way. It doesn't have to be like you, you know, absolutely love the business side of it or the full spectrum of what is what it means to be a musician. Sure. But that whatever got you into it has to be strong enough to keep you going because it will like it. It's hard. It's going to test your ass. (laughs) for Sure. What about you? I mean, what? (sighs) Yeah. What keeps me? going? (laughs) I mean, the same, really, I guess. I mean, it's just this, you know, it's one of the reasons why I always play with so many people and take, I mean, there's very few gigs that I just like flat out say no to, you know, if, if, if it's, if it's not going to work, if the, if there's no money, but like a lot of work required, cause like I'll do gigs for free for sure. Like it, if, if it's a passion project, if it's something that's going to, benefit the project as a whole for, you know, I mean, I hate to say exposure gigs, but like, you know, cause like people always try to offer, Oh, it's great exposure. You know, we won't pay you, but we'll give you this exposure. So, well, you just, I mean, those are a thing. They are a thing. You just have to choose the right ones. Right. So yeah, that said, um, the reason I do this is, is like you said, it's the, it's those little moments, uh, you know, those times where we can be in the middle of a song and, somebody just plays something that's really cool or unique or different or the way that we all recover from like a fuck up and it ends up sounding cool and we didn't talk about it. We didn't like look at each other. There was no verbal communication. We just like felt each other through sound waves, which is fucking crazy. It's so crazy that we can do that. And so that's a, that's a big thing for me. I think that's what keeps me going is those moments of just like, wow, like, I connected with a person and all I had to do was like fuck around on this instrument. Um, and you know, I think the obvious stuff, like the, the expression, the ability to deal with emotions and, um, you know, to kind of just like understand my world. Uh, I think music has given me an ability to do that with a lot of metaphors 
lyrical and and musical you know just experiences that you have in music that are just like life experiences um and yeah i mean you know i think there's so many people out there that'll tell you like don't um you know don't define yourself by your your passion don't like make that everything who you are like you're not i know i'm not just a musician i know i'm not just a bass player but like this is what gives me meaning. So yeah, I'm going to attach myself to it, you know, and it is going to be a defining aspect of who I am. And it is going to define pretty much all of my life because music for whatever many reasons I may have, it, it just takes like this priority in my life that nothing else does. And, you know, I also realize that I'm very fortunate to be able to do that. Cause there are a lot of people in this country, in this state, in this County that we're in now probably that would love to do what I'm doing or what you're doing, um, despite the hardships, but they can't for whatever life reasons. And so it's almost like, okay, I have this opportunity that a lot of people don't have. And I'm, you know, one of the many expressions of the universe being able to experience itself for a very short period of time, I'm going to fucking take advantage of it, man. Right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the thing that I want to do because I'm only going to be I for like 80 years. Right. And that's it. You know, did you ever struggle with like um, music's priority when you were like forming relationships with people? I mean like intimate relationships. Like yeah. Girlfriends yeah. And stuff. That kind of thing. Um, not really, to be honest, um, which is awesome. I they think, probably knew. <laughs> I think it was probably pretty clear. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I think it was just like, yeah. you know, um, I mean, there were definitely moments I've had in, in relationships where I think like I chose to hang out, you know, I, I, I chose to hang out with my musician friends and to spend time writing or jamming or just like hanging out instead of like going on a date. I'm sorry, you know, like I don't feel like going to see the newest movie. Like I, I want to pick up my bass and fucking create something right you know so and I, it's selfish i know it is but like you know i think it's the blues brothers thing though it's what's like, that yeah well just you remember like everything in that whole movie like they would always choose like the band yeah oh you know totally, totally. I mean? yes like, yes for sure yeah yeah um yeah i'm that guy <laughs> which <laughs> is probably not always good but like i think you know um it's it, it's just it's such a defining thing about who I am that like for e even though despite those like disagreements I, I've had or in the in the in past relationships or other things, you know, like there's always, I think, just been this kind of understanding going in like, oh, this is like this is what he is like that that's just him. And, you know, and, and I try to be cognizant of it. And I, I definitely like as I've gotten older, I'm not just like oh yeah, fuck you. I'm going to go hang out with the band. Like, you know, it's not like that, but you know, but there is an it's understanding. Like, no, I can't go to your best friend's wedding. Exactly. I yeah. have a gig. Like, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, but I have, I've had, I've made some tough calls where I've had to like, you know, choose between, you know, a gig or a, a session and like some kind of life event, you know, yeah. of a friend. And, and it's, it's hurt friendships for sure. Yeah. And, you know, do I regret those decisions sometimes? Yeah, I do. Because it was just a gig. And, you know, a gig isn't necessarily worth, you know, a lifetime friendship or something. But I think at the same time, it's like, this is my like main drug. This is the thing that I know I have like almost a problem with sometimes, you know, but it's like, um, I mean, I guess it's better than like meth, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And arguably, and uh, I have heard of somebody loving music so much that their teeth fell out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, I think, you know what I think, uh, you know how you were ta ta saying earlier how like being um, like th there was part of the drive for you playing music was like you wanted to kind of be recognized for once and like yeah. seen. I think for me, it was like I wanted to be needed and i wanted to be needed in a way that wasn't like oh i need you because i love you like it was like i need you because my fucking project depends on your professionalism right. and your ability and your yeah. you know what i mean so like I, do. I, I definitely think that's still a thing for me like i want to be needed but in like not in this like um 
I don't want people to depend on me to like take care of them necessarily. Yeah, like, to no, be, I like, know a what father you mean. Figure, but yeah, yeah, yeah. To be needed as part of the team, right? Um, you know, as as a cr- con- contributor to the greater whole. Yeah, you want to um, feel like necessary. Yeah, and I think maybe that's another motivating factor for choosing base. It's like you got to have that foundation, that that thing that drives it forward, and so it's like that's what it gives me, and yeah. it gives me the the chance to play with so many people and to just be like. You know, I don't, I don't need to be, and I don't want to be the center of attention, but I do want to be necessary, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, that definitely makes sense. I mean, this is going to sound vain, but, um, one of my, like, I remember, okay. So when I was like a teenager, I practiced a lot to just CDs, right? Mm -hmm. But I would learn, okay, this is going to sound super cheesy. Nobody judge me. So I would play like, um, Journey Live in Houston. Right. Which yeah. is like a great concert. If you've okay. never seen it, it's so good. They were, they were so good. So <laughs> so good. Yeah. So um, I would try to play it like with the live CD. Right. Like don't miss a beat. Don't miss a note. Like I would even get into it to the point like if Neil Sean went from Strat to Les Paul, I would go from Strat to Les nice. Paul. Like I would try to like actually do the show. That's cool. You know what I mean? Wow, and I would even dope. do. So I would play it really loud in our basement. Mm-hmm. And so there's something that has always been so exciting about like hearing a big crowd. And that for has sure. been like a super driving factor for me. Really? Because yeah. when I have done bigger shows, like, mm-hmm. I haven't done anything, obviously, like arena or anything, but like bigger amphitheaters, like 3,500 people, mm-hmm. um, cruise ships where yeah. there's like a thousand people in, in the audience yeah. at, at points, you know, like that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Like there's almost no other feeling than like hearing like a big crowd of people that are excited that you're there. Yeah, you know what totally, I mean? Totally, like that's so sure. like exciting. And that's another part of, you know, the challenge is then when you start your own band and you're playing original music, you're playing to like six people. Yeah. You know, for so, sure. so you just yeah. like kind of lose sight of that. But mm-hmm. I will say like that goal of like attaining that level of success mm-hmm. is still a driving factor for me for sure too, because that's, I yeah. want to get back to the point of like with this project. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I did, some amphitheater stuff with my family thing. Right. I want to get to that point with my own music. Yeah. I think that, I think that is a a great motivating factor. And I think like you said earlier, you know, this may sound vain. And I think, you know, like I could see how people would see that because it's just like, Oh, you just want to be like loved and adored by everybody. But like, first of all, most people do. So if you tell yourself that you don't, you're probably lying. Like, yeah, the most Stone people... Roses wrote a song about it. You guys go yeah. listen to it. Yeah, like, <laughs> dude, every, everybody has a desire to be liked because that's survival. That's basic survival instinct. Instinct. But I think, furthermore, on top of like, you know, for, for you, uh, I don't know if this is the case, but but maybe it's like, you know, because you know that when people are cheering, they're in that moment, like everybody is stoked and they're happy. Right. And that's like, it's just cool to know that people are happy. Like it's good when people are happy. Yeah. Like that should make other people happy. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And it probably is like an insecurity thing, but like, what the fuck ever? Like it is what it is. So it's like, it makes you want to do the thing. I'm just telling you, anybody who's listening to this, you should love me. (laughs) Unconditionally. (laughs) Worship me. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I'm just kidding. But no, seriously, I mean, that is like a cool, just like driving factor of, mm-hmm. and it's probably not just music. I think just like being good at something. Like yeah. people love when people are, there is almost nothing like more attractive or like sexy than somebody that's good at something. For sure. I don't give yeah. a shit what Doesn't it is. Doesn't matter what like, it is. Honestly, yeah. Like honestly, like if you're the fucking Lego builder master of the world, that's cool. Yeah, hell yeah. You know what I mean? Or like, if you're good at anything, like, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're like making purses by hand with like leather or if you're an ice sculptor on the side, but you're really good. Like, that's so cool. And I think that for a lot of people, that's kind of what, what like the attraction to musicians are or the Mm -hmm. the attraction to music in general. Yeah. Because honestly, like, <clears throat> let's just be honest like a lot of times it is the musician that people are there for instead of the music mm-hmm. right because i mean yes the music has to be a great product but like a lot of it is 
how they look or the show or Mm -hmm. who they are as people, you know, the brand. right? Right. And so like that is a huge part of it. I'm just trying to make an excuse for why I don't want it to be vain, but <laughs> I don't think, no, I, I really don't <laughs> think you need to, but no, I, I, you're also making a very good point. I, I think, again, I think it doesn't really matter because it's not, you're, first of all, like your, your driving factor isn't like, oh, I need, I'm trying to like be rich and famous because right. like you're also realistic enough to know that like the chances of becoming rich in music are just so fucking crazy slim. So you're not here for the money, you know? And if the, if one of the reasons for for you, and I don't mean just you now, Melody, for you listening, if, if there's a reason, you know, that you get up every morning, if there's a reason that, that drives you to commit to some kind of passion, it really doesn't matter what it is. I mean, as long as it's not harming other people, if it's not like based in like genocide or something, you know, like, (laughs) right you know, it doesn't matter what it is, you know, like if it makes you happy, if it makes you, especially if it makes you like, you know, want to be creative or want to contribute to society in some way, you know, whether it's medicine or, you know, music or, or it doesn't, yeah, like it really doesn't matter. Um, it's, I think if you really give a shit about something, you're going to probably be good at it. You're going to do your best to be good at it in some way. And I think that's like you were saying, that's like something that's attractive. I think to people is, is dedication and commitment to a passion, you know, for sure. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that that pretty much sums it all up. I mean, that's why, that's why we've chosen this. That's Mm -hmm. why we do it. Um, and it's interesting, both of us kind of in some ways come from similar backgrounds. I think most Mm -hmm. people probably do, you know, to some degree. Um, but, you know, if you're considering a journey in music, you definitely um, should go for it. I mean, you've you've got this one life, arguably. Right, right. I mean, so, let's just start with like the worst case scenario. Right? You get one chance. We'll work our way down. Yeah. But yeah I mean, you know, make the most of it. Um, if it's something that you're really passionate about, I mean, it can work. No, like neither of us are killing it financially but like we're both able to afford our rent and have health insurance and live good lives so it's definitely doable um so go for it yeah just do do what you love man yeah life's so much better that way yeah so we hope that you guys have enjoyed this um introduction to us sorry that it took nine introduction (laughs) (laughs) sorry that it took us so many episodes to get to it but Um, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sex, Drugs, and Disappointment. If you enjoyed this episode, um, be sure to leave us a review and check us out on TikTok and Instagram at SDD Podcast. And each episode is also available on video format on YouTube. And don't forget. Well, don't forget. (laughs) Don't forget. Don't forget. Ever. Don't ever forget. <laughs> don't you ever forget. <laughs> to have fun. To have fun. Don't yes, do too don't much. Don't do too much. And it's going to happen. And it's going to happen. We've got to leave did. that in. Yeah, it just <laughs> That's happened. That's great. Yeah. We love you guys. Have a great one. Bye. <laughs>